your spot, put it in park. Here we go. It's the Free Parking Podcast, presented by Office Jockeys, racing to the weekend. What is going on, everybody? Deaver here coming at you with episode 57 of the Free Parking Podcast, alongside my co-host, Bush. What's going on, everybody? Glad to be here for episode 57. Packed episode here. We just got done watching Super Bowl 55 and the local Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking their second Super Bowl trophy. Tom Brady taking his seventh overall. Uh, what a weekend for the Tampa crew, let me tell you. Bush, how was your Super Bowl watch party? It was very, very chill. It was me and the lady. We got to kick it back. She made some awesome air fryer apps. Fantastic. Snowy seven inches of snow on the ground. Fired up the 70-incher. LEDs behind. Dude, it was it was, it was nice. It, it sounds was so nice. nice. It sounds nice. It I think I got it. Peaceful is the total opposite of what I was a part of. But yeah. I think for it being a once-in-a-lifetime experience, Hammonds and I kind of were in there. We did it all. We, yeah. we got to experience it. Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later on the podcast. Super excited to, to welcome on Nico Araz. Uh, you're going to love this interview. Behind the scenes look at the entire Super Bowl halftime performance. Nico was lucky enough and a rock star enough to be a part of the Super Bowl, Super Bowl halftime show featuring the weekend. Uh, it was the Nico halftime show featuring the weekend, so basically. And uh, we'll hear about his entire experience later on the pod. So please stick around. Uh, we had a ton of fun doing that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a great one. Super high energy out of Nico there. Loved it. Loved it. Better dance moves than both of us combined times a thousand, I'm sure. Yes, that's a fact. Um, Bush, let's run through some housekeeping items as we always do in the beginning of the podcast. Uh, Behind you there, we have, for people who are watching the visual experience, the free parking podcast, are you strapped up with essential water? I am indeed, my friend. Officially, a lot of people who follow me on Twitter know that I have been trying to collab as much as I could with none other than Essentia water hashtag overachieving H2O. And basically what this is, it's a case of water that was sent to me based on all of the content that I've been making on Twitter. They were like, Hey man, they hit me in the DMs. I'm like, Hey man, listen, we really love what you're doing. You didn't win our, our super bowl giveaway, but how about we just send you a case anyway? And I said, there's my address. Here's my real name. Thank you guys so much. I'll talk to you. I'll be, and I ended it with, I'll talk to you soon. So <clears throat> hopefully we get to talk a little bit more, but uh, we'll crack it open. We'll give it a sip. Cheers, Deaver. Cheers. Appreciate that. Cheers. Thanks for sending some of that my way. Yeah. Bottles will be shipped. Bottles will be being Good. shipped. We got 12 of these one liter, just absolute overachieving beasts. water, overachieving water, just powering the Bushwhack gaming system. Hey, speaking beasts. of gaming, Large uh, esports tournament just hosted post Super Bowl this week. Uh, our guy Tones threw on a fantastic event, and of course, none other than our boy Haylight taking home the crown. Bush, you want to tell us a little about uh, this esports tourney recap? Yeah, absolutely. So Tones' first ever tournament that he's hosted did an absolute A plus job. Want to give a huge congratulations and shout out to him, Tones three nine three T O. NES393 on Twitch, guys. Please go give him a follow. He's working his tail off. Hosted a $500 tournament that, like Deaver said, none other than the king himself of Twitch at the current point in time, Haylight, brings home. Yeah, we, we do bow down to him when it comes to Twitch. The guy knows exactly what he's doing. He's firing on all cylinders. So congratulations. You will have an FBP quarter zip 
You will have Tones' Ooh. new merch that he is also Ooh. giving away and a $500 prize giveaway to that team highlight. So congratulations. That's a pretty good prize pack. Hats probably off to the, them. Yeah, probably the best prize pack of the tournaments we've been a sponsor of so far. I think so. I think so for sure. To think that we were going to be a part of that esports tournament to think I was going to play in that was was a total pipe dream. I mean, good thing I, I couldn't make it actually to the event. Like you said, there's a lot of like up, you know, top notch competition uh, that's going to be a part of it and kind of just shied away. You guys ended up forfeiting. We had to forfeit night one, Dave's. I texted. So I texted Deer. I'm like, listen, man, like, here's what you got to do. I'm like, this game's like 300 gigabytes. Like you might want to start updating your compu- computer at 2 p.m. for a seven o'clock start time. Well, five o'clock rolls around. Hey, man, like haven't gotten around to yet. Super busy today. I'm like, all right, listen, bro. Like we'll go get KP because KP, another one of our free parking gamers is on standby. I had him on standby because I had a feeling that you might not have played. So he was like immediately like perfect. Like I'm in. Well, we get into the game. We drop in. Like we start firing off. We're like, oh, my God, like we might have a chance here tonight. Like We're playing pretty good. Game two, game all the way to game eight. Pooped an egg couldn't score we couldn't get points it was you come out of round one you're down like what 150 kills at that point these guys right. are off to the races like whole shot right. times 20 like wire to wire leaders basically those that don't know how these tournaments operate it's you get two points per kill and then points based on where you fall in how you finish in your game we never even peaked the top five so like we weren't getting any points and these guys and so are sniffing top fives every, every game, game every every game, game. Every game with 30 kills. We were getting top 10s with 16 kills. So long story short, we didn't even look at the standings. We were just hearing uh, tidbits throughout the entire tournament. Hey, XYZ has 175 points on night one. We're like, dude, we're sitting at 40 points. So we were like, white flag, white flag. We got to get out of here. compete. Yeah, it was bad, man. But it was awesome, but it was bad for us. Bad for you guys. Awesome for Halo. Awesome for Tones. Awesome for everybody involved. So shout out to those guys. One for putting it on. Two for for taking home the crown. Speaking of taking home the crown, like we said, huge episode. Entire Super Bowl 55 recap between the Tampa experience, the game itself, and obviously our interview with Nico about the halftime performance later on in the show. To talk briefly about the experience here on the ground in Tampa, Florida. We talked about later with Nico that like it it was obviously the first time ever that the host city was in the Super Bowl. And I really think I have never been to another Super Bowl before, but I really think the heat was turned up in Tampa. No pun intended due to the home team being, you know, the combination of both. Right. Not only is everybody hyped for the Bucks, but that it's in everyone's backyard was the culmination of events. You had the hype of the city in general, but you also had the hype of everybody from out of town coming in. And when I can say like everybody comes here for this, like regardless of pandemic or not, there were people from around the country international that were still here for a Super Bowl. We talked about it previously on uh, what episode 56 or 55 of just how the buzz started to build. And you started to see some people from different towns come in. Yeah. I mean, take that and, and just blow it up the weekend leading up to the Super Bowl. I went to some more of the events um, around town. There was a couple, like I said, a couple of different spots that we, we could hit it just got amplified and the buzz around the city was unlike anything I may ever see again from just the, the signage, the, the look and feel, the, the atmosphere in the air. Like it's really hard to describe and kind of getting like, you know, this is before the game even started 
projectors on the buildings projectors on the buildings showing the teams the matchups the whole city's painted red blue yellow for the you know the colors of the bowl um and it was really something you know that got you excited and we did the damn thing for lack of a better word in terms of you know um the nfl experience i actually got to go so previously we didn't have tickets finally got access um to go to the the large nfl experience honestly disney world for a football fan the other satellite ones i got to go to previously were awesome but this the actual nfl experience it had a tent structure there that might have been like 300 by 300 filled with exhibits from every single team whether it's you know hall of fame inductees former lombardi trophies uh, they had mock locker room setups like they had uh, Hammond's boys, the Panthers, Christian McCaffrey's locker room set up with his actual cleats in there, his actual game worn uniforms. Just the, the the touch and the look and feel from the NFL is is unlike any other. And to, the fact that there were Bucks jerseys across the entire part, you know, as in terms of the spectators that were there just made it that much cooler. Um, there were a couple of cool like, activities throughout, you know, the pump pass and kick. I, we posted a video on the free parking account of me doing the, the FedEx air and ground challenge. Um, but it didn't stop there. It kept rolling throughout superstars started piling in all of a sudden Friday night, we took a look and there's concerts all across the city, 50 cent, little baby, Jack Harlow, Diplo performed. I mean, there was a list of maybe 10 to 15 performers every single night across the entire area, uh, ringing in the Super Bowl. And again, it was that mix of like, you know, last year in Miami, I'm sure people partied and went to these, but it was that combination of it's all the Bucks fans getting ready for the ball that we're going to these things. And that, you know, powder keg just exploded this weekend. Um, all leading up to Sunday and stop me if I'm, uh, it's a winded explanation of what we went through, but like, this is, this was it. It was a nonstop from Thursday to, to really Monday morning for the bowl. Monday rolls around. Hammonds and I have tickets to the Super Bowl watch party. I wasn't really sure of the setup when we got there. I've been past the restaurant before, um, but it was a nice outdoor experience, which I was looking for. My key was outdoor and the biggest screen you could see. And it was, it was uh, Duckies, right, right in Tampa, right in, right in Soho. It had probably a 30 foot screen projected on the side of a building. Beautiful. As soon as the night sky dropped down, that was that shot up. Uh, cocktail tables spread around, Bud Light, Bud Light seltzers getting flung left and right. Um, and I was rocking my TB12 jersey as previously seen on Free Parking Podcast. So I fit in. Hammonds had a jersey as well. The spat, the sound system was bumping the entire the game the entire time. And really, we'll get into the game. But at halftime, that crowd knew. You know, that crowd knew. And you felt the buzz. You felt the energy, a part of the group. And it grew, it grew, it grew. And as the Bud Lights kept flowing and flowing and flowing, the game got a little foggier in the fourth quarter. But at that point, it was kind of already secured. And and once those final seconds uh, dwindled down, uh, just mayhem, mayhem. Yeah. And I and I had chills there too because, you know, to talk about Tampa Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans in general, obviously have won a Super Bowl in the past twenty years uh, in, the, in the early two early two thousands, um, but haven't had historic success in the past ten to fifteen. Right, pretty abysmal performances. So to see the buzz start to finish this year between the Brady signing, the other key acquisitions that they've had all finish off with the bowl. Um, I kind of got chills for him. It was cool to be a part of that. Could be welcomed into that crowd because again, it was a tight, you know, not a tired fan base, but like it became a hockey town. You're wearing the lightning hat right now. It became a hockey town over the past 10, you know, 10 years as the lightning started to perform better, get into a cup against the Blackhawks, 
obviously win this year. And to see those hardcore Bucks fans get a bowl as well in the same year, speechless. Speech. Yeah, it's it's truly unprecedented, really, in all of sports for mm-hmm. a city to experience that much success, especially that much success these in a year that people were craving sports. Mm-hmm. So it really was a perfect scenario of I need to go to an event. Super Bowl just so happened and they win the cup. They, uh, they go to the World Series, all these different things that happen. And then they're like, wow, we actually get to go and be a part of in our own city. I mean, dude, it's a perfect, perfect storm of events that occurred for Tampa this uh, past 2020, early 2021. And I, I'm, I'm definitely jealous of the experience that was undertaken. I felt like I was living vicariously through you. Uh, via all your videos that you were sending. I mean, obviously, we definitely would have raised some hell, that, hell down there together. Uh, you probably would have no money left in your wallet, but it would still have been an incredible time. Absolutely. That would be a fact that we have no money in our wallet, but we would yeah. have raised hell. And we, yeah. you know, it was it was good. It was a good mix, though. Like, we got into the experience, but at the same time, the videos you saw on, you know, social media from Tampa, the city at large, we stayed out of that, which was good because I got a day job and I had to go to work on Monday morning. But, uh Good for those guys. Yeah, good for those guys. I guess the the it was also a crazy experience. I was t- telling people like the culmination of Tampa itself. You haven't been here before. It's the culmination of you know uh, a, a downtown city, a lot of suburbs, right in the same area, plus two college universities, right? So not only do you have people flying for the bowl, people that live here, people that are like career Bucks fans, you have two colleges right here with a bunch of dumbass twenty one year olds that are just looking to go out and get messed up no matter what jersey they're wearing, right? We saw yeah. Tom Brady jersey, uh, Patriots jerseys, we saw Chargers jerseys, we saw Eagles jerseys, like. They just want to be a part of the experience. And of course, you know, when their team wins, they're flipping cars and, and burning down street signs. And they, they, they did that, but those weren't really like the fans, right? Like they weren't a part yeah. of, I, those kids came from, you know, South Jersey or, or yeah. Maryland, Massachusetts, Massachusetts <laughs> come to school there and they just want yeah. to be a part of the hell raising and they, you know, yeah. paid for it, I would say. But um, overall, the, the entire experience was just un- unbelievable. Lost our voices going into Monday. I'll be honest. And uh, that was one that uh, that'll take the cake forever. Um, One more thing to talk about just the title town in general, before we go into the game itself, but to see a city that hasn't had success for so long in a lot of major sports or or sporadic success, right. With flashes from the bolts, no pun intended, you know, flashes from the Rays in the 2008 world series, but to see a city that isn't Boston, that isn't New York, even like, Philly or Pittsburgh, those core sports cities with a couple different teams going on to see a title town form in somewhere that's not Los Angeles or like I said, Boston with their success. It's not a Mecca. It's not a Mecca. And it's not, you know, yeah, it's, it's not the Celtics Pats and, and Bruins. Right. So it was cool to, to, to see that any city can kind of do that and to give it to a fan base that has been dying for it. And they're a passionate group, even though it's a smaller group and maybe not as a historic group, but they're a passionate group. And it gives hope for, you know, say maybe it comes to Philly one year. Maybe the title town moves to Philly one year. And I, I, we don't have to talk about this, this podcast, but it's just cool to be a part of that in one big in one big segment. Mm-hmm. As far as the game goes, Steve, you want to jump into, jump into some of the yeah, game? Yeah, let's, let's hit the game for sure. Yeah, so my biggest takeaway 
comes from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense in particular, big, big G, big Gronk, because I, uh, I had a little prop bet on him to win MVP uh, before the Super Bowl even started. So it's definitely a little bit of a wing, but then he starts getting two touchdowns. I'm like, oh my God, this might have a chance. Five to win 170. Anyway, my biggest takeaway was number 87, catching the ball. And every time he hits the ground, I can't believe the whole, everyone in their seat doesn't go like this. Every time he hits the and ground. shake. He hits the ground so hard. I can't even describe to you. There was one play he went right up the middle, and he was moving. I was like, yo, is that – and then he was sprinting up the middle, gets taken out by the legs, and, dude, the guy was like a uh, – what do they call A redwood in California just mm-hmm. nailing mm-hmm. the ground. And uh, now I say it's my biggest takeaway. It's one of my biggest takeaways. My biggest takeaway is how awful the Chiefs' offensive line was. Um, in that game. So uh, obviously Brady played good. Everybody knows that that's not a huge takeaway. It's, it's, it's the little things. It's the battle. Uh, let's have a great battle tonight. Their offensive line did not agree to that. They didn't sign off on that contract for the Super Bowl tonight. That and we happened. talked about it leading up to the game, but that was, you know, the, the buzz, the chatter throughout the week was the health of the chiefs offensive line. And really that's kind of where the game started and finished. It showed throughout the entire thing. The only time Chiefs fans were, were cheering where we were located was the nine-yard scrambles that Patrick Mahomes was pulling off. It was the acrobatic throws that he was making, which were absolutely ridiculous for him to get yeah. some of those balls off. Yeah. It was it was you know astonishing and power more power to him to you know mm-hmm. obviously he didn't win this goat baby goat conversation this last game, but for him himself personally, the player, like there's not a lot of guys that can do that. And I know I personally even give him smoke on the podcast because Matt Stafford can throw no look. Aaron Rodgers can throw no look. Everybody can kind of do that kind of stuff. But I don't think there's anybody else under center that can do what Patrick Mahomes did that last last game. I agree with you entirely, but I'm still a little irked about how everyone treats Mahomes like a god. Now, the guy's got the stats. He's got all these crazy stats. But when people start throwing, like, ridiculous stats at me, that's when I start getting angry. Like, I saw another stat that said – along the lines of he ran for 495 yards and only had X amount of completions. I'm like, I'm like, that was the most irrelevant thing I've ever heard. Like 495 yards. That was him running away from people pressuring him. Like I like, that's not a relevant stat. And that, and like, I feel like with Mahomes, they pull everything out of the book to make him seem like he's number one. And yeah, I'd be number one, too, in throwing and making throws parallel to the ground since I'm the only one who's ever done it. True. Like, it's so frustrating. Um, he's incredible. I respect him. I think he carries himself really well. I think he's an amazing athlete. But don't hit me with the BS stats. Don't hit me with it. Don't try to make it more than what it is. The guy's got one Super Bowl. He's got one Super Bowl. There are quarterbacks out there like Big Ben that have triple that. So uh, double. Been to three. Double that, been to three. Okay. Either way, it's just don't hit me with BS stats. That's my biggest thing there. The other side of it, though, too, for the for the Chiefs and maybe one of my lasting points to them is, like, they're going to be there, though. You know, they're going to be there. They're going to be a team for the next 10 years. As long as that guy's under center, they have a shot every single year. That is that is a guaranteed fact. I think that they maybe, you know, not next year they're in the bowl, right? Probably, possibly. They're going to be a top contender in the AFC for a very long time because once you have that guy locked up, you can mix whatever pieces in the round. You saw it with Tom. You saw it with Tom in New England. You can mix whatever pieces, you know, come around him to get the job done 
for the next century, you know, for the next 10 years. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers played a perfect game. And that's what we talked about earlier in the week. Our preview episode of the Super Bowl is that they had to play a perfect game to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And they really did throughout all phases of the game between what? Uh, your audio is real botched. I'm not sure what's going with it. <clears throat> botched, like coming in and out or? Botched, like you sound like you're underwater. But like, not. it's not bad. It just sounds like we're, on, it sounds like we're on a Skype. How's this? That's better. Yeah, I turned my yeah. game up a little bit. I'm sitting more like back here. Yeah, that's good. That's good. that's good right there. Yeah. You like that? Yeah, it's different. I don't know. Even when you were sitting close, it was different too. I don't know if it's a connection. It's the. I have no idea, but whatever it is, it's fine. It's acceptable. It's just it's not normally what. Gain a little louder, like this. Does that sound better? I mean, it sounds like I got a frog in the throat. I'll tell you that much. That's how I feel. I think I think I think it's it's accept- totally acceptable. Okay. Yeah. Right. Wow. We said in the preview episode leading up to the Super Bowl that the Buccaneers had to play a perfect game, and to my opinion, they did. They played that game they needed to to win a bowl on all sides of the ball, whether it was special teams, defense, especially holding the Chiefs uh, without a touchdown. I mean, that still is kind of mind-boggling to me to this day and might be for a couple more weeks. And on the offensive side of the football, where we said that to beat the Chiefs, you had to score. And and they did that first with Gronkowski twice. Antonio Brown gets a shining moment in the bowl itself. Uh, And their run game actually picked up, which we have given Leonard Fournette flack on this podcast. He was in perfect tandem with Ronnie Jones the entire pod, uh, the entire Super Bowl. I just think that meshing of all phases of the football, while the defense was pressuring Mahomes so hard, the offense kind of maybe even saw their opportunity to strike. My takeaway from the Chiefs or the Buccaneers offense this game was that I feel like Tom Brady played his game. Kind of from what we've heard throughout the season and especially leading up is that he's ran that offense Byron left, which is the offensive coordinator, you know, really sets up this scheme, but Tom is the OC. Tom is the, is the commander in chief. He is the field general, obviously yeah. as the greatest quarterback of all time. And a lot of what we saw when the Buccaneers offense uh, last week reminded me a lot of what you saw Tom do in New England. And that was run, run, play action, short passes, deep strike, run, run, play action, couple deep. You know, he was very methodical, put the uh, Chiefs to sleep at some points, kept them off off balance, off their toes, couple key play calls or uh, penalty calls throughout the game. And I think that really, you know, that showed, uh, that was Tom Brady's masterpiece right there, was that whatever kind of cast and crew he had, he was the puppet master on offense and really the puppet master on defense, making them do what they needed to do. It was a crispy, clean offensive performance out of Brady. Arguably one of his best to be able Mm -hmm. to attack Mm -hmm. a team like he did. Just so, like you said, methodically. Mm -hmm. Watching Brady go up and down the field, I I got a little nervous in the the first drive when they had the punt. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh boy, is it going to be one of these games? Couple drops. Yeah, he flipped the switch. It was incredible to see. Uh, The other thing, too, with the the Buccaneers is – I was happy to see Antonio Brown get a tutty there. Um, I mean, I didn't want him. Now, 
we didn't really want him to get a ring. He was kind of the big time villain for a couple of years there, but you know, now that he's there and he got it, he kind of let, once again, flipped the switch, got his mentality right under number 12. And uh, I think, you know, he worked his way up to do the right things to get back to that opportunity. So congrats to him. I think that Antonio Brown's success is as much, or if not more on Tom Brady than Antonio Brown. I really do. And I think yeah. even Tom bringing these, you know, wily veterans, as we talked about, I'm kind of a bent Island of misfit toys. What, you know, a bunch of has-beens, if you want to say down in, in, in Tampa, I think him bringing a bunch of guys that have worked in other systems before failing teams, successful teams, derailed old pros all coming together on the bucks. I really think he kind of brought down that new England mentality of that, like buy-in, you know, team over me, Bill Belichick type, do your job. Mm-hmm. And that's what he put on, you know, put on Antonio Brown, put on himself really when the Buccaneers signed AB and he brought him into the room is that, you know, don't worry, I'll get this, you know, I'll make this come to fruition. I'll make sure he's right. I'll make sure it works out. Took him in, probably gave him, read him the riot act. And I think AB's success in the bowl and the rest of the season was as much of Brady than it was AB himself. I think the team do your job mentality was the theme for the Buccaneers this year. As we heard from Bruce Arians, when he did his little speech today with all those curse words in it, which was sick. He was like, I don't take any credit for this. He's like every single one of these guys, we have an incredible coaching staff. Everybody did their job to get this win. And every time you look over and saw Andy Reid doing the Super Bowl when they would flash to the head coach, he's, you know, talking behind that muzzle of a mask to everybody, his, his other coaches, his players, they pan to Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians is over there like this on the sideline. He's like, mm-hmm. he's like looking around for something to do. Letting his crew work. He's just letting the guys do their thing. And I saw that in a couple other primetime games this year where Bruce Arians is like almost irrelevant, just a figurehead, just somebody to take the heat if something went wrong. And it was actually pretty awesome to watch. And that's definitely a great thing for a lot of people to look at. Like, Hey man, you know, you surround yourself with the right people and just let them do their mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, you can be pretty good still. You don't have to be micromanager. No, no, not at all. And to think about, you know, some of his guys, the field general on the defensive side of the ball, Todd Bowles, leaving, you know, a couple of head coaching positions, taking his licks, coming back as a D coordinator in Tampa. Maybe that was a part of this too, is that a lot of guys had a chip on their shoulder. They were unproven or unsuccessful somewhere else. And that was a part of the buy-in of that, you know, no matter what our history is or where we've been a part of or the failures that we've had, we're going to show it to them. We're going to be the best team in the world as the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs and really prove that we are, you know, interpersonally as a team, the best. Right. Right. Very excited for the uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. But I, it, it truly is a shame. You know, we've heard from Fundy a little bit back and forth here in the barely, group chats, barely. but very, very rarely as compared to how much we normally hear from him. I don't think there's been a hot corner released yet this week. I think this is a completely excusable scenario for them to not release a hot corner because they are probably in their fields right now. Uh, because I don't know if I ever met somebody who was more confident in the chiefs steamrolling mm-hmm. and that's his term steamrolling the Buccaneers and nothing but the opposite happened. So we'll wait to hear from him, man. I, we'll see what the met, what the vibe is in the next hot corner. Hey, I'm, I won't, 
dig Fundy's grave any deeper. Uh, speaking of the hot corner, though, Super Bowl prop bets. How'd you do? <laughs> uh, matter of fact, I didn't even compare what we said. Uh, we definitely both said the Bucks were going to win. As we both said as... the Bucks were going to win. I said Anthem over. And the bar, it was funny. At the bar we were watching at, there was like a group of six dudes with their phone up on timer, on stopwatch. They ran it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. They kept, you know, one guy who had the under was like, what are you doing? As they kept like <laughs> prolonging the end. Uh, yeah. Overhit for that. We were jumping up and down crazy before the game even started. And then yeah. Gatorade color was light blue, which Hammonds and I said uh, earlier on the week. So that was exciting. To- you did say light blue. I said color because our thing was just color, liquid or clear, I believe. I said uh, color, light blue was the color, of course. Right. Um, right. I think, hey, by the like- way, mm-hmm. incredible national anthem. Like fantastic. really good, fantastic. Anthem. The Mexicans are both, yeah. They they took that style of like opera y uh, with the female. They took that kind of style of anthem, and then they took the Eric Church style, where it's like a little bit of a quicker national anthem, and they meshed it into this gorgeous mixture of a national anthem. I was impressed. Danielle and I were like, "Whoa, this Let's is incredible!" Let's get it. Going. Oh, yeah. the flyover. The flyover was awesome. First yeah, kind three different stealth fighters. Going yeah. over at once. I was looking in the air actually around us because we would have been in the flight path where we were, but the problem was there's stuff fighting. You're not supposed to hear where they're coming from. That is true. Like when they you literally f- could have flown over us before they went over the stadium and we would have yeah. had no idea whatsoever. It's true. In the videos, you can hear they sound like a whistle. It's when weird, they go over. And it's late. It's weird. Yeah. Their engines produce this noise that's like so much higher pitched than as if like a 747 oh, was flying over the stadium and I guess it's that was crazy a, that was like the big jolt uh, it was really just the mass of you know equipment that was like flying over the stadium it wasn't the the speed the rush the shot right, right? which was it was right. it was awesome yeah that that was really cool to see those bombers especially the I've, i don't think i've ever seen one of those triangle guys one of those you know whatever they're called fly anywhere in real life so if you see one you might be dead yeah what do we always say when we see those things flying these you you know what i always say uh exactly what you say yeah you would know i would hate to be on the receiving end of those things i would hate to be on the receiving end of those things <laughs> yeah. i blacked out for a second yeah. basically i was gonna say it's the, it's the last thing you see bro yeah yeah exactly. um our predictions went well only four of us got this one correct uh everybody else part of the free parking crew picked the kensky chiefs with you myself uh Hammonds and one more KP KP out on the West coast pick the Buccaneers as well. I will say that I may have been the closest in score because I picked the Bucks final score Th- 31 for the Buccaneers. I said 28 for the Chiefs. I thought we have a little more of a fight, but to get one side of it, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, overall, man, like I tell people my top three favorite holidays, it's Christmas. It's the Super Bowl, and it's the 4th of July. And yeah, I had the best Super Bowl this year. Like, yeah, and I don't think anybody can disagree with you on that. Deebs, one thing that I thought was pretty funny where a lot of people probably thought I was trolling, like, uh, you know, Bryce over there commented on my score of 49 to 45. He was like, I love it, like joking around. Yeah, like, Dude, nice one. Mid-game, at halftime, they had 31 points, I believe. I, they were only three touchdowns away from 49 points at that point. Yeah. Now, three touchdowns on the trajectory that they were going on I feel like it could have happened. Now, the, the Chiefs were never going to get 45 that game. But 
the Buccaneers, for them to not have scored three more touchdowns in the second half was kind of mind-boggling to me. And on the like, flip side, though, honestly, like for the game not to go over, the Kansas City Chiefs, we talked about time and time again, they can score on a dime. So really at right. halftime, it wasn't over. Like no. you, were, you felt good, but it wasn't over for the Bucs. Right. Uh, and the Chiefs never, never turned it on. No. No, and I, I truly do blame that offensive line not giving Patrick the time. Now, a lot of people could say that a great quarterback wouldn't need the time. It doesn't matter. They need the time. They need at least one more second. He needed at least three seconds. He was getting one to two seconds after he had the ball in his hands. Um, incredible, incredible defensive performance out of the Bucks, like we mentioned earlier. And, uh, and to hold a team like that to one touchdown is just, it's just mind-blowing. I will drop in here too. Thank goodness they were wearing these beautiful new uniforms. If they were wearing the old yeah. uniforms that they had the past 10 years, but the new ones, the new old ones, the new, new, the new old new ones. Reverse retros. The reverse <laughs> retros for the Buccaneers were just crispy on the field. We talked about a second ago, the Chiefs performance at halftime. We would now like to bring on uh, our buddy Nico Araz to talk about his experience at the Super Bowl halftime show. And it's going to be a good one. So in the past, we've had athletes on the podcast that have performed on the field. This time, we're having an athlete that performed on the field in a little bit different light. We're happy to bring on, super excited for him to share his experience at Super Bowl here in Tampa Bay, Florida, Nico Araz. Nico, thanks for coming on the Free Parking Podcast. What's up, Ryan, Justin, Free Park, uh, Free Parking Podcast. <laughs> are you hello, well, hello? Are you well rested from from Sunday? Yes, I am. I mean, the entire night we drank and I got <laughs> wasted. It was <laughs> it's a party. It's a party. It's the only way to do it, right? After yep. a dub. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Before the show or after the show? Right after the show. Uh, after after we uh, were they were green strict. room I mean, little green room partying no yeah i mean i primed up in the house <laughs> before i went but yeah we got hammered after, after. of course <laughs> as the whole city did but you had to get the yeah. jitters out too beforehand yeah well i guess we'll start off right. have you ever have you this is the largest scale ever or have you done something on the stage Yes, this, I mean, no, nothing tops this, man. Yeah. Like, it is the biggest show on, like, in the U.S. and the yeah. world. Even back then in, in the Philippines where it came from, like, people would stop and, like, watch the halftime show. And yeah. they don't even know football. Like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Just, just to see the That's performance. The, and actually, yeah, you bring up a good point. Nico, tell us a little about your, your background and just, you know, coming over to the States from, from the Philippines and how you got looped up in this 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 crazy opportunity to dance the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. Like, um, I'm from the Philippines. Uh, I, I landed here in the U.S. because of my internship in hotels, particularly in Hyatt. Okay. And then uh, because of that, I met new people, met new friends, I made connections in the local dance community here. Because cool. back then in the Philippines, I'm very active uh, for, let's say, since I was in high school, I was already, like, involved in the community but since it's like so far from like a uh, re big reputable uh, artist here in the U.S., like, I mean, the exposure is not that big. You know, we just do local stuff. Right. That's why I can't believe that I'm here now and just doing the Super Bowl. Like not even like like people are from here, just uh, the experience. I mean, this is an interesting story. I, I was riding an Uber ride and I, I kind of shared to the Uber driver. I was like, what? 
what are you trying to say? Like, you're going to be on the field, like, going to dance on the field? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, what? I mean, I'm people jealous. wait their entire lives and never get the opportunity to stand on yeah. an NFL football field in general, let alone the Super Bowl like, halftime show. The Super Bowl, like, it was insane. I can't even get over it up until now, like... Mm-hmm. You but probably yeah, won't for a while. You probably yeah, won't for a while, to be for honest. For a while. Yeah. Like, I've been, like, walking around wearing this hat. Like, just, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm going to just flex it. Like, I wouldn't take that thing was, off. Yeah, I was there. I was there. I can't imagine. I was mm-hmm. there. But, yeah. Nico, as someone who's performed, and, and, and Deaver as well has also been at, on a main stage, Loosely. nationally televised, and wow. nowhere near as big of a stage as the Super Bowl. But it's a memory that, not only you cherish forever it's like it's it's almost like it happened yesterday but yeah. you were in the super bowl you're in the biggest event on the planet on the field during one of probably the most watched periods of time during that game i mean that's just mind-boggling to me knowing from our experience how much we love that i mean dude you're good for yeah. you good for you <laughs> i mean what's funny though it's like i've never had like mini breaks like you guys you know you had that experience already like a taste of it but it's like just small 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 like hey man you want to join the super bowl casting it's like what sign me okay. up cast <laughs> sign me up i mean i didn't even know if i was i just send an application and all that and i'm like i'm not even expecting because i know how big it is and i'm like how small i am like you know right and i just got an email i, I got I went nuts. It was around 11.30 when I received the email and I, I was not able to sleep till yeah. four. Just like consuming that info. Like, man, I'm going to be at the Super Bowl. How right. early did that process start? Was that months in the making? Was that like in the summer of last year, in the fall of last year? How early did the application process start? So it just happened like, um, let's say a good good week before they arrive here. But it's because okay. they already have a team. So Got if you've it. noticed in the show, there's like a riser team. They call it the riser cast. Got the it. one that's really on stage. And the one in the room, they call that infinity cast. So it's like the infinity room where like, you know, where the memes are like. Yeah. The dizzy right. uh, weekend. So those are flew in. They were flew in from different like states. So Got they were it. a part of the team. So they like uh, started all the practices and then they needed locals for the field cast. That's where, where we belong, the field cast. And then that's just a week in the making. And yeah, so what happened was they sent, um, so I like had this connections in, in Tampa Bay in Vibe Dance and uh, they just wanted me to subscribe into this, like their news uh, page in Instagram and they posted it and I was like, okay, I'm gonna send me applications. And I, I got up. Uh, to be selected in in it and then just within that period you have to fill in all the information and that was primarily because of covid you have to like have everything in check and then starting that um i think it was uh january 28th we had to go to steinbrenner like the yankees that's where we initiated the practice session so you have to do the drive-through two days before the start of practice so that's where they are very strict. Like if you do not or did not have a test two days before, you cannot go in. So that's a very strict rule for them. Got and it. yeah, so we started our practices. It was two days uh, in uh, the Steinbrenner Stadium. Mm-hmm. So 
we got introduced to the people, everything's so strict, distance. Like there are particular people that are just COVID people and got then um, separation people. They just like roam around to just, hey guys, six feet. So even if you're friends uh, or you came there together, you can't like hang out together in the vicinity because like they, they don't allow anyone to, what up? To, to clarify, so there's multiple different squads, what you're saying. is So when yeah. he first came on, those guys that were dancing behind him in the right robes, that's one, that's one crew. And then yeah. down in the gold room where he was doing all the video, that's another. And then the field crew is another crew. Yeah. So all you guys had different things to choreograph as different teams. And so where were you? Were you stationed in a specific area? Um, so what will happen is every practice session, we will go to the stadium and we will have our assigned seats, distance okay. and all that. So those teams, we have different practice sessions in the first week. So, mm -hmm. so there's like even the north and south side are different. So north wow. side, south side of different practice schedules. So I don't know what their schedules were, but they were not initially a part of the, our practices. Got it. So we were like separated on the first week but on the second week because it just took two days on the first week and then the and the next week we got combined together so we have uh, our stations but it is being run in a flow where the one that are like the riser cast they join in eventually to our the whole thing but they practice their own they i don't know how they did it but they just like yeah 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 and then it was just, they're so good. Like Nesta, um, the name of the director is Kristen Nesta. She is the boss. Like they were so nice and they're just so organized. So did she worked how, with the, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Did, go ahead. did she work with the NFL or with, was it with the weekends team or more just the performance in general of the Super Bowl halftime show? It's a whole separate group. Yeah. I, I think it's more of the uh, halftime show because right. they mentioned that they've been doing it for what, 14 years. So mm -hmm. they're like the go-to team for, uh, for everything. Like even like her staff would, would say, yeah, I'm going to, I was the logistics uh, personnel for like seven years. I've been putting people in the bus for seven years. So they have specific roles. It's so organized. That's why even though we, it just took a little time, it was, I guess it was very fluid yeah. for me. I mean, it looked it on our end too. What yeah. was the first glimpse of the whole thing together? Was that not until dress rehearsal, like before the game? How, how long did it take to get to the entire process? All right. So uh, the following week, I guess it just took, let's say three days or four mm -hmm. days. So on the fourth day, they mentioned, or like, I guess they saw the forecast about it, uh, about the rain. Yeah. So they made sure the wardrobe were ready already at that time. And then we, we did a, a final dress rehearsal. So two days before, I think it's February 5th. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. we did a dress rehearsal. And not to mention, um, on the second week, the weekend was already there. That's why um, I was not really a fan of him personally. I like his, some of his songs. I'm not yeah. really a fan fan, but... When I start like seeing him perform, he was performing it every single time. Like what you wow. saw in TV, he does it every single time. <laughs> wow. For every night, there will be three runs and he wow. will do it over and over. Were there any, any blips in the process? Like were there stops and starts? I really haven't been a part of a production like that. Were there, you know, cut like 
stop? Did the weekend not like certain things? Did he tweak certain things throughout the process? No, or was that, it just that, a, a, every, you know? Yeah, for me, it's, I guess on the first day that he was there, it was just more of, he wanted to know where the camera is. So it's like, uh, in the middle of his performance, he was like, oh, is the camera here? And then they will like loop yeah. again. Some of the dancers would end up looking at the camera. So like the director's like, please do not do that. Do not look at yeah. the camera. Right. This is not your time to show. Right. So, right. so that's just, I guess that's the only hiccup. And then eventually, um, just the, have you seen the circle formation? That one is, <laughs> it's really a pain for the choreographer because she was like trying to repeat that over and over to make it a perfect circle when they're like the blinding lights thing. Right. And that's one of the hiccups. But all in all, like it's a, it, I did not see any drama from him. Yeah. He would just like sing it, finish it. And he, he would even stay after uh, the, the field cast would leave. He would like run it again with just the riser cast just to like, you know, I don't know uh, from there on, like I'm out of the field, but I can still hear the music. So I assume they're still practicing. Right. Hey, Nico, you brought this up and touched on it briefly, but you said something along the lines of there was one hiccup. Now I understand that sometimes things don't always go as planned. Now, how many other types of hiccups that the average viewer would never have noticed happened at during that halftime show that well, he was saying he was saying just during the dress rehearsal i don't know if anything went wrong during the he doesn't even have to tell right because it looked amazing so, on art it looked incredible so but like is there anything as a as a perfectionist is the person who was there and wanted it to be perfect was there anything that you were like oh man that wasn't supposed to happen but it, we would never have known um i guess it's uh um, there are like times in the camera where some people are like not in sync so I saw one of those, but particularly it's, it's the circle. It's the circle formation because during the dress rehearsal, we got like great compliments from the whole team. They said that was perfect. Just do it again two yeah. days from now. So, just, right. Right. so for me personally, what we, like, uh, we shot two days ago is better than the actual thing that we performed. That's just my opinion because... Right. They would show us like how it was done. Like I, we can see it. They they sometimes preview it to us, like mm -hmm. how they shot it. And the per, uh, the circle was perfect. That was just only thing that's hard to like make sure it's perfect. It's there's no lines. There's no like right. it's not right. Something on on your end. Were you when you got I don't know what it's called. Your uh, you know the choreography that you were supposed to do. Your exact position. W was there anything there that was out of your wheelhouse? I've seen some of your stuff on on social media. I would guess not because you're you're a rock star. We love to share some of that stuff. But yeah. was there anything like oh I don't know if I could I could handle that or was it you know right in your wheelhouse? It was just kind of like the scale and the all of the Super Bowl halftime show. Like for me, the only thing I was scared about is like, what would it feel if there are people inside and like, it's, is it going to be overwhelming? Mm -hmm. uh, but when we came out, it's because probably we practice uh, so hard to a point that you are at that stage where you're comfortable. Like you memorize yeah. and mass. It's, it's just an easy step for us. Because yeah. most of the team there, like, they're really dance dance. It's not just like a one, two, three type of thing. They're really good dancers. So for me, based on my experience and uh, based on my previous experience, it was, it was I'm good. Like, when I went mm -hmm. out there, I'm just going to have fun. And 
And I think it went perfectly for me and based on my side, but it's just my perspective in that area, which is I was at the south side 10th yard line. How close was was that? The, so the south side 10th yard line, was that when the weekend first stepped out onto the field? Were you right there on that end? No, I wish that yeah. was actually his team. It's the north side. Okay. So they were the people that got flew in from cool. a different state. So they were housed, they were in a hotel. Yeah. So there were, they, I guess it's more of the demographic as well. Like, what's your height? Yes. Where are you going to like it? What's your bill? Yeah, yeah. What's your build? Because it has to visually be symmetrical for the camera. They have it right. all lined up. It was so organized. Like, uh, you have numbers, and they didn't even swap it out. That's what I was thinking. Because it was, if it was something that they were trying to experiment, they would have like swapped out numbers in the middle of the practice. But no, they did not. Like, it was it was as if they already knew, like it's gonna look that way. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. What was the day like itself, like leading up to the Super Bowl day? So it's Sunday. What time did you get to the stadium? Okay, what time did so, you go through wardrobe? How did that whole process work out? All right. So uh, dr- uh, uh, during that Sunday, we were uh, assigned to meet up in Yingling Stadium in USF. Mm-hmm. So that's where we, were, uh, where we like regrouped. So we just did the normal process. We had to line up, have our, our temperatures checked. We have to have all the COVID thing checked. And then they gave us, um, the participants had the red wristband. I no longer have it. I cut it because it's very wet. <laughs> I, I tried to like keep it for two days, but it's like, uh, it's not already, already like sanitary to keep it for yeah. uh, yeah, four days. So yeah, we met there at Yingling Stadium, um, lined up. You have to like check um there's this online thing that we have to do. Like, you know, did you feel fever? Uh, do, you, do you feel like, mm-hmm. yeah, did you drink a medicine to lower down your temperature or something like that? After that, they just give you the snacks and then they will tell Perfect. you to come in there, eat. And after you eat and you're done eating, you go to the wardrobe. They get, uh, they, you will have your own like hanger with complete stuff. And then you just dress up and we just wait. We watch the Super Bowl. And after that, what's interesting is we got to the bus. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny that we were like riding a school bus. So we had our own bus numbers, like um, um, bus number 12. But what's like so hype about it is we got to be escorted by patrol cars, which was uh, so Get like, out. Celebrity. Yeah. Like, and they were like, it was a school bus going around 80. Like, <laughs> yeah. they're like, you have to go there like as fast as you can (laughs) but yeah and and we would like have like traffic and we end up like stopping in the middle of the road and people are like taking films of us like taking a video like hi are you waving out the window yeah Yeah. i'm trying to wave like i'm just feeling the moment (laughs) that's awesome yeah when you got there god yeah 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 so when we got there i mean it's still organized um we're the last bus, so we go in and we line up at the, I believe it was the south side of the stadium. So we, we just waited. We actually just arrived there moments before the halftime show. It was around 3-7. The score is 3-7, okay. 7 for the Bucks. Yeah. And we were there waiting, just cheering, like, oh, come on, like it, the Bucks got to win. I mean, <laughs> to be honest, I'm not even particular with the Bucks. Right. Or the Chiefs, like I just have, in that city. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, like right. if you try to think about it, I'm dancing in the Super Bowl, the biggest event in the U.S. 
with football and I, I don't even know. Like, I just asked the Uber driver. He filled me in. Like, if uh, it's monumental this year, as he mentioned, is because if Brady wins this, it's the first time. I'm not sure if it, he is right. Mm-hmm. First time that the yep. host state, like, wins a championship. Yeah. And it's his seventh ring, which is like a Kobe of, of the yeah. football industry. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, that's cool. But that even like, amplified oh, like, it from, from our experience, from my experience being on the outside in the area. Like, I think that even amplified it even more because I feel like the Super Bowl and the halftime show and the whole, you know, experience in general is monumental in itself. But when you bring in mm-hmm. one of, you know, one of the teams to the area, like, first off, you have all of those fans here. Then you have everybody mm-hmm. coming in for the Super Bowl in general, plus just, mm-hmm. you know, the awe and aura of it. I feel like any other Super Bowl experience obviously would have been fantastic, but this one was just next level type stuff yeah. because of that which is you know in the history of the super bowl 50 plus times it never has happened and of course yeah. this year while we're both here you're on the field man oh i was i mean one thing to note like nfl love their grass like every oh, practice yeah. it has a tarp like we were not allowed to practice on the actual grass yeah. there's always a tarp for us to practice on and we just had it once we were able to practice on the grass just once because they love that grass so much. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. Hey, Nico, speaking of magnitude of specific events, was this the biggest event you've ever performed at? And what was probably number two on your list of events you've ever performed at in your career of dance? <clears throat> yeah, this is the funny part. This is the, this is the biggest for me, mm-hmm. like in uh, like, let's say entertainment uh, perspective like not mm-hmm. actual technique dancing mm-hmm. and the second in line with that is probably dancing with a local celebrity in our city which is philippines which is very tiny like <laughs> that's why uh that's what i mentioned earlier like i did not like have a transition towards like something big it's just like this tiny event and then like whoo i'm here in wow. the super bowl like wow. that's why when i went there it's it's different people are just like in a different energy when you come in there like ah it was overwhelming it was the best experience so far as uh, a dancer as a performer this has been like the best and i don't know if something can top it off to be honest like is it is it that you know are you kind of hungry for it now like are you ready for the next one you would do it again next weekend wouldn't you like this sunday coming up would you would you jump into it again or you still need a little bit of a break like for me right now, I still, I'm still enjoying it. Like, yeah, yeah I'm still, right. I'm still like letting it sink into me probably another week. Then, then I can jump in. <laughs> right. But right I- now it's just, I don't know, a friend's family, people from my place, even people from here, th- when they knew, like my friends in the U S they're like, what, what? Mm-hmm. And you were saying oh. you, you were you're kind of a local celebrity now, right? This isn't your first uh, media appearance. Yeah. Post- yeah. Super Bowl. <laughs> so the local, um, TV news in my city in the Philippines like uh, reached out and they wanted to like let me know I mean, I mean let I they wanted me to let them know my experience as well like being uh, a local person there just what a year ago and now like, I'm here in the states doing the Super Bowl like that's mm-hmm. nuts that's why they wanted to know my experience as well and hopefully I could have uh, I could uh, I was able to inspire people from my place as well to just not give up just if you're passionate with what you do and you love what you do, just uh, something great will happen. Like something great will come your way as long as you're consistent with it and you just keep on working on it. Love it. 
Absolutely love that. What's um, a part of your, you know, as so the performance happens, obviously you said, you know, you partied hard that night. What was the, did you get to stay at the stadium for the rest of the game or where, where did you watch the final second of the game? Okay, so we were not allowed to stay in the field. Yeah. Even, even after the performance, there were like ushers making sure that we go out ASAP. Like yeah. I was trying to get a picture of the, like, the billboard and they're like, just one photo. We have to go. We have yeah. to go. Yeah. So I guess the reason for that is uh, the number of occupants of the, of the actual stadium is right. being counted. Like right. it should fall in a specific number. Otherwise, it, they would not have permitted for it to happen. That's why they're very strict with the number of people that comes in and comes out. Got it. So did you get to, so you, you went back to the USF stadium or did you guys get to spill out into Tampa? What was the, what were yeah, So we, we had to go back uh, in the, in the USF stadium on bus uh, for us to like, yeah. Cause that's when the time that they gave us the goodies, like the cap. Nice. And nice. then they, they gave us the, the wardrobe, which is like, you know, you. it's a good, I was going to ask yeah. you. So they gave us the wardrobe, you know, we can flex it in social media, something like that, you know, yeah. just to embrace the moment and, you know, something that you can um, like look at or wear to remember the moment. Yeah. And then that's where we watched the, the rest of the Super Bowl. And then the Bucks won and everybody went crazy. Mayhem. Uh, traffic. And then after that is traffic. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. That, that wardrobe is something like, and, and we kind of know from, you know, our special experiences, which again, do not even come, you know, there for us, but the, the scale of the Super Bowl, that's something you'll keep forever, probably, right? That'll yeah. be, that'll be something sure, that's, that's sure. framed or it's in your closet in the back. You'll tell your kids about that one day. I mean, yeah. that's like, <laughs> for real, that is top, top notch. One thing he, he brought up that he said twice already that I know is going to be something he'll say forever. Bus 12. Bus 12. That's going to be like, yeah, I was bus 12. And like, that yeah. was, dude, it's those little tiny things that we'll never forget. And I'm so happy for you to have obtained these memories and congratulations on an incredible performance. I was impressed, blown away. Thank you. Thank you. But like, there were like mixed emotions with people, like how, like it did not like um, compare to the previous ones, but like, I hope they understand it's more of the COVID. Like, yeah. Uh, it's, it's just COVID. They, they, the number of people, they have limited, like, you know, um, resources, like, uh, people wise for it to be pulled up. But for me, it was still a great experience. Like the weekend is so professional bus 12. We had a little talk. That was the only time that we were able to like talk to each other. It was very memorable for me because, uh, we shared our like social medias together. And then I realized that this is like a big person in LA. This is a big person in Chicago. This is a big person in this area. And I, you know, it, it was just good people with a great energy. Everybody was hyping each other up, which yeah. is like something uh, that I really enjoyed because, you know, they were unified by this event. I mean, I, I just... Speech. I lost for words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's so cool to have that awesome. coming together moment between people, you know, people across the entire country. And for you, you know, the connections that got you to this moment, they take you further down the road for the, the next big opportunity, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. The Olympics. Like... <laughs> Opening ceremonies. Yeah. Opening ceremonies. I, hope, Does it, I, I think that might be the next biggest. I think that's the next biggest. In yeah. sports, in sports at least. Yeah. Yeah, right? sports. But yeah, so far 
nothing can top it off. I mean, I don't know, like the experience, the people, the weekend. Uh, I mean, oh, I forgot to mention, he went down across us. I was like just six feet. And what's funny is when we shot the video of for, like the recording, just in case it rained, um, after that, he was imp- so much, uh, he was impressed to a point that he like shouted, uh, good F word boys, we're going to mm-hmm. kill it in the Super Bowl. And I was like, wait, did someone just curse in the entire <laughs> field? That's like, that was not from the management team. It's like, okay, okay. That was the big man. That was yeah, the big yeah, man shouting like, oh, you guys yeah. out. All right. So I was like, he gave his approval and I guess I was, it was a great performance. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Awesome. Well, Nico, if you don't have anything else, man, I don't want to take too much of your time. Thank you for, for coming oh, on. You. I really thank appreciate it. Thank you for it. having me. I mean, uh, I wish I could like tell more, but like, that's you, all I got. You, it's, it, yeah. It's like <laughs> speechless, right? Like it's, it's really just the moment and having you on here. And again, I think everybody's going to really appreciate uh, hearing, hearing what you had there at uh, Super Bowl in Tampa. All right. Thank you so much. Sweet Nico. To think that they had a police escort going 80 miles an hour down the highway. I mean, that thing was airtight, airtight. Yeah. The person that honestly runs the Super Bowl halftime show probably could be like an air traffic controller. Oh my God. I can only imagine. To conduct that many people that well in advance. I, 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 I work on the event side of my day job to talk about, you know, being in sync, talk about mm-hmm. being able to manage a ton of people. I just, Speechless to even think about it, honestly, as I compare it to, to, to my day job, which was, was, you know, tough to begin with. Right. Bush, what'd you think of the interview? I loved it. It was great to finally be able to talk to somebody who, and now you, you have that experience, but it was great to finally talk to somebody that had that experience of working in professional entertainment, uh, down on the field in the, in the heat of it. But mm-hmm. one thing that really stuck out to me in, it was about midway through the interview Deves, when he referenced, I believe it was, Tom Brady to Kobe Bryant of all. Yes. Players. Now he brought up Kobe as the goat, uh, goat, uh, whatever it is, a relative or uh, relation. Yeah, the goat comparison. The in goat best- comparison. Yes. Comparison. Yes. That's what I'm looking for. Instead of Michael Jordan, instead of LeBron. I really wanted to dive into it, but I didn't want to take up too much time because it was really yeah. well heavy, the combo. But it's just curious. It's interesting to hear because especially somebody coming from, you know, the Philippines International. Yeah. I wonder if Kobe had that much more of an effect on folks than Jordan and LeBron does now. Well, I don't know. I'm sure you have seen this. Kobe had a huge presence in the Philippines. A huge presence in the Philippines. He built basketball courts over there and he would go over there frequently and play with the population right there was videos and stuff going around after he had passed of like all the um charitable work in his life and the philippines and basketball was one of them so when he said kobe i was like ding 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 Ah. this this guy grew up probably idolizing him as one of the best athletes Ever. We'll have to ask him next time because he has to voice yeah. his opinion. I didn't want to bring it up just because I feel like we could have talked about the GOAT conversation in basketball like anybody can for hours. Mm-hmm. But you're right. That was an interesting one to key in on. Yeah. Awesome, dude. Super you know, supportive of our stuff, but also very you know, th- thankful and, and, and grateful of the, the time he got. I mean, he's a rock star. He, he truly is a rock star, and we appreciate uh, Nico's time coming on the free parking podcast. It was also cool to interview somebody that wasn't directly versed in sport, you know, was – wasn't directly involved in sports, right? right. Uh, even though he's an athlete, he wasn't, you know, throwing the pass or catching the ball. 
Right. He was a part of the, you know, overall entertainment experience from, from the dance side, which again, right up our alley, right, right up our alley. Cause that's where that's, that's what we have experience in as well. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, to wrap up episode 57 of the free parking podcast, any last words for you, Bush? Nothing at all. Other than a big congratulations once again to free parking gaming teams, tones three nine three for putting on a five hundred dollar absolute banger of a tournament looking forward to the next one awesome hey as always thank you guys for listening we appreciate you following our content feel free to go ahead and subscribe to our youtube channel if you want to watch the audio version of this podcast as always find us on spotify apple Podcasts, and soundcloud and throughout all of our social media channels again love you all appreciate you appreciate you essential water for keeping my boy hydrated up there in new jersey bushwhack gaming overachieving h2o and love it, baby. that's a wrap I'm a